everybody. Welcome to In the Way, uh, a podcast about discipleship for the Sacramento SDMI, um, Sacramento District, Church of the Nazarene SDMI. My name is Jeff. Um, I'm the host. I'm a pastor in Sacramento, um, and I've got a couple guests with me today. We're talking to Jimmy Holmeyer. Our, is that how you say your last name? Yeah, you got it. Okay. Good job. All right, cool. And Jimmy and I are sitting in his kitchen. Um, yeah, in sort of like Elk Grovey area, mm-hmm. um, and we also have Anders Holman on Hi. the line. Hey, how's hey. it going? Good, good. Um, and Anders is joining us via the magic of technology from yeah. Ch- from Chico, California. Right? Are you in Chico? Yeah, I'm in. A, I'm actually in a corner <laughs> of the Chico State Library. So. Oh, all right. So you're that kid in the library talking on his phone. That's awesome. Glad we could. Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> nice. Well, we're here to talk about discipleship um, with college students in particular and sort of in the context of young adults and um, on campus and all of that sort of after after high school is kind of what we're talking about. So we're going to we're going to jump in here. But before we do, um, the question that um, I, I've been saying, the question that I always ask, but this is literally the second time and it'll be the first podcast that airs when I in which I've asked the question. So that's a take that for what it is. Um, but how do you, how do you guys, uh, since all good discipleship happens over caffeine? Uh, all right. So this is what you Ooh, drink. There it is. This is, uh, yeah. Jimmy, what's your, yeah. what's your drink here? Yeah. My Christian jug of y- choice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I really like cold brew coffee, uh, preferably Starbucks, preferably Starbucks, oh, like preferably Starbucks, Starbucks cold others. brew coffee. Yeah. Oh, because I, I find Starbucks cold brew to be the smoothest. Mm. So, okay, cold brew, okay. and I take that with some half and half and some caramel. All right, or All caramel right. for those Car- of you who pronounce it that way. Who pronounce it wrong? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> All right. So cold brew, half and half. Is that just a summer drink? Or do you do that through the winter too? Uh, I I drink that in the winter. Uh, I do enjoy peppermint mochas. Oh. I'm pretty basic in that regard. <laughs> Unashamedly, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Anders, how about you? Oh, man. I am a whole different story. I am <laughs> a local coffee shop, uh, pour-over Ethiopian. Ooh. Oh, man. The total hipster college student. I was going to say, life. I don't know if I'm cool enough to hang out with you, Anders. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, a, when I started drinking coffee, I, I told myself, I have to do, I have to be able to do this in like the small churches where I know I'm going to work, where frankly, the coffee sucks. And so, so I need to le- learn to drink like bad coffee black. And so that's essentially, um, I don't know. I know that's not very millennial of me, but that's sort of yeah. where I'm at. So I love good coffee black, but um, nice. Good. Well, yeah. hey guys. Uh, do you want to, do you want to just tell us real briefly what you do? Um, and then why I asked you to talk to us all. And then also, um, where, you know, give us just a little bit of your faith story and, um, you know, how it is that you came to Christ and all of that. So let's start, uh, Anders, you want to kick that off? Yeah. So, um, I'll give a little bit of my, kind of my story first, just kind of how did I, come to the faith. I was not raised in the church. Um, Both my parents are agnostic, and I uh, started going to a youth group when I lived in Georgia for a couple of years, 
just because a friend invited me and we went to a winter retreat uh uh winter retreat for the first time and the pastor was preaching out of john chapter one and i'll be honest i completely forgot what he was actually talking about i was (laughs) i was enthralled by um the kind of trinity roots in it because i was trying to figure out why christians worship jesus if you're only supposed to worship god and i kind of came to this realization that the christian god is so complex that all i can do is follow him and so i've been following him ever since and uh yeah now i am doing some local minister uh work here in chico and also finishing up getting a degree at Chico State and am currently the uh, president for the Chico Crew Movement. Oh, nice. Nice. I actually don't know if I knew that. Um, that Surprise. Yeah. And so so I'm not one that I don't know a ton about like college ministry. I I went to like an easy Christian college where everyone's supposed to be doing ministry um, and everyone's supposed to be holy and they are. Um, But what, so crew is, is that the extension of young life? No, we aren't uh, part, we aren't with young life, but we sometimes work with young life every once in a while. Um, We started off as like a movement on, I, I believe what campus in the I think in the LA district like 60 years ago okay and uh, it became national and it was originally campus crusade for anybody uh, who hasn't been in college for a while yeah okay so crew is crusade <laughs> for short got it yeah cool nice and then you and I met so Anders uh, and I met on the LA district when we were both when we were both down there and you were in a you were like destroying the competition in a preaching competition, you know, <laughs> that I was judging. It was, so it was, it was cool to see you at high school camp this year. Um, be like, Oh, I know you, man, <laughs> from a different world. It was like seeing your teacher at the grocery store. Uh, <laughs> right. Totally felt like that. I was like, yeah. wait, you remember me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then Jimmy, so you're, so Jimmy is Jimmy and I met, um, when I needed a worship leader to cover for me while I was going on parental family leave and, um, emailed just the first, uh, Googleable Sac State student ministry. There you go. <laughs> and he, glad we popped up. Yeah, he hooked us up. So, um, do you want to tell a little bit your story and what you sure, do? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. My parents, uh, took me to church when I was 13. So that was um, really the first time that I heard the message of Jesus and started going to church. And my family had um, grown up. My dad was Catholic. My mom was Methodist. But there came a time where they wanted to raise their kids in the church. And we, we hadn't really known church before then. So, uh, so I started to go to church in middle school. And I started to learn a lot about Jesus, you know, uh, and what he did for me on the cross and us on the cross. But I didn't fully follow him. You know, I wasn't submitted to Christ. I I still was leading my own life. I still was uh, a slave to my sin. Um, I was fearful, timid, um, you know, putting my identity, trying to fill the void in my heart with romantic relationships and all sorts of things like that. And so uh, fast forward to high school, 
And I was on the wrestling team, and actually I was co-captain of the wrestling team with a pastor's kid mm. from the Assemblies of God. And so um, we quickly became friends, and uh, his name was Benny. Uh, Benny really targeted me, and he wanted to win me to the Lord. And what stood out to me about Benny was he was the most loving person that I'd ever met, and loving Christian. Like, he really exemplified uh, what Jesus, what I, what I would think Jesus looks like in the scriptures. And so he loved me as I was. You know, he answered my questions about the faith. Uh, he fought for me uh, to know Jesus. And there came a time where, you know, I wanted the life that he had, you know, and I wanted the, the authentic faith that he had. And I decided that I didn't want to be one foot in the church, one foot in the world anymore. And I surrendered my life to Christ um, around 18 years old. Wow. And so I'm so grateful to my friend who really sought me out and, you know, chased me down for Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> he targeted Dude, me for the Lord. What a great story. Yeah. And what a great way to say that, that it wasn't just yeah. like, yeah, I mean, Jesus is seeking and pursuing us, but that we have friends that are doing that the same way and that are, yeah, yeah that's cool. And so fast forward to now, I am leading a college ministry called Chi Alpha uh, at Sacramento State, and I have been doing that for the past eight years, and I'm loving it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And 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 Chi Alpha's. Can you just give us like a quick for those that don't know a quick sense of what Chi Alpha is mission? Yeah, Chi kind of? Alpha is the um, U.S. Missions Campus Ministry branch of the Assemblies of God Fellowship. And our mission statement is reconciling students to Christ, transforming the university, the marketplace, and the world. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So it's cool to have guys involved in, um, in campus ministry on a couple different levels. And um, yeah. So, okay. So quick, we kind of just jump in here. But what are the, what are the big issues of, of Christian faith that you guys see amongst college students? So it's like your peers, but also... The people you're leading and um, helping to um, helping to lead to Christ. Yeah, um, I'll, I think I'll, if you're right, I'll start off with kind of my perspective on it because for me, it's kind of watching both my fellow peers what they are having issues with in their faith, and also kind of looking at my own issues uh, as I go into faith. Um, because I'm not an exception to the rule uh, most of the time. I'm actually, whatever the issues are in uh, college Christian groups, you'll find yourself struggling with the same issues. Mm. And so, but I would say also it depends on which year uh, in the ministry I'm interacting with. And they'll actually have different issues depending on what year it is. So... So you mean like, like freshman to senior when you say what? You yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll give kind of more specific examples because I, I work a lot with both seniors right now and I work a lot with uh, freshmen. So I help lead a freshman community group every week. And that involves having content being made by older student leaders and also having uh, activities to kind of build uh, fellowship together, and it's hosted every week. Uh, it's at one of the crew staff's houses, so it makes the freshmen feel more like at home, and it's really great. Um, and it, there's really two groups 
with different issues, but also like one common issue in freshmen. And I would say the first is kind of the first group is those who were raised in the church mm. kids. And it's very much um, what they say is they, they confess Christ as Lord. They want to serve in ministry. Uh, they know that this is right. This is wrong. Um, and that's really great. But what you got to pay attention to um, is what they don't say. Mm. Hmm. Um and that was, that's actually what they have a lot in common with the second group is what they don't say. Uh, the second group is a lot of people who, um, if they grew up in the church, they are for the first time trying to figure out faith without their parents mm-hmm. raising them. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them can be close to leaving the faith, or maybe they just grew up agnostic like I did. And they have no idea what they believe. They have no idea who Jesus uh, is. Mm-hmm. And, for many of them, they are, those that group is coming um, mainly to have a friend group because they don't know where to go uh, their freshman year, and they're trying to figure out a club or an extracurricular activity to be a finding their fellowship in. Um, but what the thing is that they both don't say that I was kind of referring to earlier is that they don't know about the power of grace. Um, I kind of, so basically the first group is, you know, right, wrong, morality, Jesus, but they don't talk about uh, how often they know grace or how they've experienced grace. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me think of um, Eugene's, Eugene Peterson's translation, uh, the message when he recites uh, or translates Matthew 5, 3, and it, he puts it like this, uh, you're blessed when you're at the end of the rope. Mm-hmm. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. Um, and it's kind of interesting because many of these freshmen have not hit that end of the rope mm. that is talked about yet. And I find it that when I'm at the end of the rope, that's where I experience grace in a far more intense manner. Um, and they, they don't, it's a very much like they don't have that eureka of, oh my gosh, God is constantly pursuing me. And so for freshmen, that's the primary issue that we try to address here is like grace is a very serious thing. Um, But then at the same time, when I work with seniors who are very much at the end of their rope, um, (laughs) it's a whole different story. Um, So seniors, when they are at the end of the rope, they are exhausted from both years of classes and then they are, constantly worried and anxious about what life will look like after graduation in a year. Mm. And, and so um, a lot of seniors are trying to explore what is a, what does grace look like in my life mm. on a regular basis? And so um, I find that seniors try to be as vulnerable as possible with one another mm. Um and they really have genuine uh, fellowship and I have genuine fellowship with a lot of these seniors because we are all willing to kind of open up now after years of knowing each other and kind of saying, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm dealing with. Um, please pray for me specifically in this. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I see. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Jimmy. Yeah, that was good. 
<laughs> so I have a lot of thoughts on this, but I'll kind of just boil it down. Some primary issues of Christian faith on campus, maybe with people who have a church background, um, a little bit of it, or grew up in church, maybe not, but I think they're is this misperception of what the gospel is mm. and this whole, you know, relationship with Jesus. I think a lot of people, a lot of students on campus have experienced religion, you know, doing things to earn God's love. Um, and they don't really know the transformative power of relationship with Jesus. And so a lot of students, I think, have a bad taste in their mouth for Christianity because they think it's unattainable. They think it's, um, you have to be, holy in the sense you have to become perfect. Um, maybe there's a bad taste in their mouth from some hypocritical people they know, hypocritical yeah. Christian leaders or people. Um, and so I think a lot of our work on the, on the campus is really sharing what the true gospel is and sharing who Jesus is and, and the power of grace, like uh, Anders was saying, you know. So I think there's a lot of ministry um, to recorrect the wrong idea of Jesus, because if students really knew who Jesus truly was, they would love him, right? right? So, um, yeah, coming against uh, that religious mindset of earning God's love and, and really just sharing who Jesus is, right? Um, I think mm -hmm. another issue of Christian faith, um, I guess for Christians, though, is I, I guess I see this question like big ideas that they're struggling with or developmental things. I know romantic relationships, mm. uh, that is on every college student's mind. And to not talk about that in college ministry would, would be to do a big disservice to students, right? Yeah. Um, so helping students become future godly marriage material <laughs> and navigate the dating <laughs> life, even how to break up, that's super important oh, for man. Um, Christian faith um, development. That's such, like, I can't tell, well... I broke up badly several times. I could tell I've been there stories. too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. but, um, yeah, I feel like that was college is basically one long like sliding breakup. Um, but man, what? Yeah, sorry. I just you struck a nerve with me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. Um, another big question and uh, issue for Christian students is that burning question: What is God's will for my life? Mm. You know. Another one is how, you know, a lot of students, how do I reach my fellow classmates with the gospel? How do I share my testimony? Yeah. How do I share about Jesus? Because as many questions as college students have about faith that don't know Jesus yet, Christian students are a little intimidated on, on how to engage their peers sometimes because mm -hmm. they don't, maybe they yeah. don't feel equipped to be apologists and have all the, be Robbie Zacharias on campus and stuff right. like that. So helping them navigate that. They don't need to be Ravi Zacharias. It's good to know some apologetics, but, you know, equipping them on how to reach their fellow classmates. Yeah. Um, and another big one that my wife actually pointed out to me was helping students to be unified as believers, even though they may disagree on various issues like political mm. issues. Oh, man. Yeah. Right? All mm. these kind of things that can divide us in the church. So can I just grab a couple things that I feel like maybe there's just a couple themes that I think are there is like. On the one hand, you've got this like really intense relational focus where um, there's like developmentally college students and young adults just generally are like, how am I going to find the sort of like quote unquote my tribe, right? Like how am I going to mm -hmm. find the people that are going to be with me 
for the rest of my life in one yeah. way or another. This is there's this really mm-hmm. formational time, and like those four years, they just are for most people more important <laughs> than like you know that like eighteen to twenty two or whatever. It's just more important than like thirty nine to forty three. You know, like most of, it's more formational. So yeah, um, so this like deep sense and need for relationship, but then there's also um there's this very high um <laughs> sort of like meter for for hypocrisy and um inauthenticity if we can use yeah. a, you know kind of a big buzzword mm-hmm. and yet yeah. at the same time that there's a really high standard for others there's this oftentimes a sense of like well I'm not yet authentic because mm-hmm. I'm still growing and I'm still changing and I'm not like fully formed yet and you know I've probably yeah. still got lots of skeletons in my closet that I haven't dealt with and sure. things that Christ has not changed. And so how can I be one who shares the truth? Um, and maybe it's a truth that I just barely know. So there's like a lot of conflicted, right. there can be a lot of confliction mm-hmm. about like, I hold people to this very high standard, which they should. Um, because if you're basing your life on the stuff that's happening during this time, you shouldn't just get in the boat with the first person who mm-hmm. invites you in. Right. It, there's high stakes. But then at the same time, like um, there's this oftentimes this feeling of that sort of like imposter thing. Like, I don't really have this down. How can I share it? How can I how can I be one? Because I don't meet my own standards. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Does that ring true? I yeah. Mean, OK. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would say that, um, you covered that, but more than I did. But I would say that's also definitely something I could see as well. Okay. Yeah, Jimmy, was there more? I know I probably cut you off a little bit. No, you're good. Um, I would just add, and, and you know there's probably going to be some overlap in these questions and answers, but another big issue of Christian faith is how to do community, how to live life with each other, because we're the most technologically connected generation of all time, but the most relationally disconnected. And the enemy would love to isolate us right that's where he does his best work to steal kill and destroy from us Uh, and college students really are struggling with loneliness and isolation Hmm. i think more than ever before so that's a real you know christians and you know non-christians so i mean just looking at the sort of the public health stats suicides and all that i mean it's like it's it's the time when like a lot of mental illness actually emerges in people Mm -hmm. like for the very first time you know so that's if you can be somebody who is present for people at those moments, it can yeah. have a huge impact. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's great. I hadn't thought about some of that. Um, so, okay, so if you could put, um, if you could kind of put a structure around the life, you know, the life of faith in college, how would you, how would you describe that? Like, if you could give us a framework. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, speaking on behalf of our Chi Alpha world, <laughs> something kind of we figured out um, over the years, and something, it really originated in Texas, and it rang true for kind of the whole Chi Alpha nation, was we've come to learn that to help a Christian student become a healthy disciple of Jesus, they need to learn three foundational disciplines, and we call them real devotion, real community, and real responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that word real really speaks to... Um, self-initiated so Mm -hmm. is this something that you do just as a student with us in campus ministry when we ask you to or is this you know is this your life now is this who you are as you 
follow Jesus. And so just to summarize them real quick uh, and to give you like a truism, if you will, for what they kind of look like. Real devotion looks like reading our Bibles um, in a sense that reading our Bibles doesn't cause Jesus to love us more, but it causes us to love Jesus more. So really, we want to help our students love the word, know the power of prayer and walk in obedience to God uh, and experience his blessings. You know, we want students to um, know the power of scripture, to be able to stand on it, to be able to know their identity in Christ and not just to come and sit for a great sermon, but to leave college loving the word even more and knowing how to study it, knowing how to interpret it. And we also say that real devotion looks like uh, it goes beyond emotion, right? Because sometimes you just don't feel like reading your Bible as a student or as a pastor. (laughs) And when you commit to it, the emotion follows, right? And you experience the blessing. uh, And we follow suit and we follow God with that. Uh, Second is real community. Uh, And a principle there is that vulnerability leads to intimacy, Uh, As I mentioned, students are lonelier than ever before, more isolated than ever before. And so what God really wants students to catch is the transformative power of community and how sharing our lives with each other um, is so powerful. And so that's why we emphasize small groups. And I'm sure in crew, it's I'm I'm confident that crew is they they prioritize small groups because it's so transformative. Right. It's life on life. It's truly knowing each other as brothers and sisters in Christ truly loving one another, fighting for one another, praying for one another. And year after year, the greatest testimonies come out of our small groups. It's not, man, that sermon was amazing and changed yeah. my life. You know, right. it's, man, my brothers and sisters who I had in college, like, you know, helped me to find God, to grow in God. And so that's super key. And then the third part is real responsibility. And a summary of that is what God does in you, he wants to do through you. So that looks like um, equipping students to know their testimony, to be able to share their testimony, uh, to be able to be empowered to be a leader, uh, to lead a small group, to learn what it looks like to make disciples, to lead a ministry team, right? Uh, We also say that responsibility is the miracle grow. So we want to give our students opportunities to lead and opportunities to fail, right? Um, Because that is what's going to grow them. And we, so all those together, devotion, community, and responsibility, we see as a well-rounded way to really mature a disciple on campus. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, like, inward, outward motion through that. Yeah, and you gave language to that that I didn't really see before. You want to say that again, like, those directions, I guess? Well, yeah, just that it, like, it sort of starts with you, right? Mm -hmm. But then it moves into that sort of, like, immediate trusted circle and then is, like, moving out into the world. Yeah, that's Um, cool. There's a very, like... I come to worship God, I'm then, like, brought fully to the body of Christ, and then pushed out into the world in that, like, great commission sort of sense, and that's, yeah, that's cool, that's awesome, I love that, I love that framework, and I, Andrew, you talking about kind of the way that freshmen, like, the difference between freshmen who have, well, no idea about anything, but, like, especially, like, no idea about what community is, you know, they just want to be, like, involved in absolutely everything, and then, um, and the way that that sort of, like, deepens intensifies gets more serious with the, by the time they're seniors um you sort of see this arc across the time of their uh they're sort of like first leaving home and all that kind of stuff and yeah yeah that's cool Andrew, did you have thoughts about that like um structure around faith life in college yeah yeah um i would just say because uh i think i'm going to be speaking more from a student perspective right now is that it's 
perhaps very challenging to have a structured life of faith for most students and every once in a while myself too um, where you know you'll have a whole bunch of students being uh, on board for this prayer time or devotion one week and then the next week you might have like two students show up and mm. it's like what, what we'll be like hey what what happened I, I missed yeah. you you were there it's like oh oh I just didn't feel like going like, right oh <laughs> um, but and that's quite all right. Um, however, you did touch on this. The kind of small group or what we call discipleship and crew is perhaps the most, I would say, the most um, structured part of each student's life of faith here, um, because that is while there's the bigger community group based off year and uh, gender. Uh, so like senior guys have a community group, senior girls have a community group. Uh, the discipleship groups are um, two students and one uh, crew staff leader. Mm-hmm. And it's about one or two hours a week. And what we do is we, con- we check in on each other. We um, see, kind of see where we're at. We try to explore a different aspect of the faith. Uh, like this week, all the discipleship groups focused on identity in Christ, mm-hmm. which is so important. And also we just spend time just seeing how can we pray for each other and how can we be present in each other's lives. Um, and so while we have that designated discipleship time, those discipleship groups become very intimate very quickly and like I'm spending time with the other guy who I'm discipled with throughout the week just because we want to be supportive of each other and be with each other. Yeah, nice. Hey, Sacramento. Uh, Thank you for listening to part one of this two-part interview about college ministry and young adult ministry with college-age students. Um, I hope that you'll join us next week as we hear the rest of the interview with Jimmy and Anders. talking through some of the specifics about what churches can do and how we can really be engaged uh, in the lives of the young people in our towns, in our cities, in our churches, and in our world. So grace and peace to you. Stay in the way.